Well, I've never um, done what I'm going to do today. And I mean, not the screen is not the answer, but I've never like basically preached the same message twice. Today will be a first for that. And it's intentional. Um, but before I do that, I need to say one thing um, in the midst of all that's going on in these weeks. Um, I would just remind us of this. If we call Jesus Lord, we have one mission in life, to know him and to make, help others know him by making disciples. That's it. Anything that distract us, distracts us from that may be more temptation than opportunity. And so I would ask us to evaluate our life in light of that if you call Jesus Lord. If you don't, well, then you can just ignore everything I just said. So um, that's kind of how that works. So we're going to see if this works today, but um, last year, I um, last year I preached a message on about this same Sunday, and we're going to see what happens today when I do the same thing. So I'm just going to tell you what I said last year on this same Sunday because I think it's interesting, and I'm going to see what what you think maybe is interesting or not as well. I couldn't figure out a better way to do this. So sorry for my lack of ability, but. So last year, I shared these same words. I said, have you ever had a vision for your future or the future, a vision for your life, an organization you're a part of? Have you ever dreamed of a better reality than your present? I then went on to talk about 2019 was the last of a decade. 2020 would bring a new year, a new decade. Now, I got to be honest with you. I had no idea what 2020 might bring. Um, I'm still not sure it's good that I... I preached this last year. I'm not sure it was good that we wondered what might happen. We wondered what would happen. We, I would love to stand here and tell you, because my dream last year was to tell you this year, to say these things. Hey, it's been really cool. Lots of people have come to know Jesus. I know of two online. That's actually, it really is pretty cool. Um, kids camp, we had record numbers. Record number of you are attending on Sunday morning. We brought in more income to do more ministry than ever before. I would love to tell you all of those things. And the truth is, through January, February, in the first two weeks of March, I could have told you all of those were true. And then you're changed. Radically. And I was thinking this week about the vision we talked about last year, how we think God wants to do something over the next 10 years among our community of faith. How he wants to bridge the gap from what is to what could be. I talked, and I went and looked at my notes from last year, and I, I said there were a couple things I was hoping for. I said this, one of my primary goals is I want to lead people deeper spiritually. See, all of us long like the idea of being spiritual, whether that means just we're out in nature, whatever we come to. But I said that I, I want to be a part of people who are crying after God in a way in which he might actually change us. And through that transformation of our own hearts, we might change our community. I had two kind of goals, and then I didn't know I was going to be stuck on social media because that was one of the only ways to communicate, um, was to be on social media less and to watch and read less news. I did okay for about two and a half months on those two goals. I'll be honest with you. They're goals again for 2021. I don't know about you, but I, I think I want to be more shaped by the words of Jesus and what he has to say than any other thing. I think too often we allow other things, whether it be politicians or politics or neighbors or coworkers, to shape our understanding of the world 
more than Jesus. That leads to things we don't like. And so I would say this. It's a quote from last year that I thought was fitting again this year. I believe there's a longing in many of us. I believe our community longs for something which is hard to find. Deep, transformative encounters with God. Now, can you imagine what might happen if this was the church's primary role? If this is what we saw, if this we desired above all else? I mean, we like the idea of being spiritual, but what about if we began to be more spiritual by dreaming about a better future? And I don't mean one in which you have to vote on. I mean one in which you live. What if you and I began to live into a better future? What if you and I began to say, no, I'm going to reflect the values of Jesus. I'm going to be Jesus in the world. I'm going to speak with graciousness and love and hope and mercy. You know, in 1959, there were a group of families, about 40 people-ish. Um, I've talked to several people. The numbers varies depending on who you talk to. About 40 people launched this church in 1959. In 1960, they built a building. Some of them where you may know, like the Fries or the Howes, you may know some of their siblings, or you might know that Rich Mitchell came here as a teenager because there were two girls that were also here, which is why he came. They didn't know if they would succeed or fail. Had no idea. But they decided they were going to take a chance, a leap of faith, to begin to do something new, something different, something that might change this side of the community. They left what was a stable church on the other side of town to hopefully reach more people who didn't yet know Jesus. Now, I I would say this, a lot has happened since that year, since 1960, when they officially launched the first Sunday of January of 1960. What's happened? Well, um, they built a gym in mid-80s, and then in 98, they built this building. And as you can see, and we're going to talk more, we're in the middle of renovating this, some of the space. But, but what we began to see is they desired for people to know Jesus in a new way. If we're not careful, we'll miss why we started. We'll long for something that we didn't know. In fact, I came across these words from Isaiah 43, and I think they're fitting for us today. So I'm reading from Isaiah 43 The first 19 verses, here's what Isaiah writes. But now, this is what the Lord says. He created you, Jacob. He who formed you, Israel. Do not fear, for I have redeemed you. I have summoned you by name. You are mine. When you pass through the waters, I will be with you. When you pass through the rivers, they will not sweep over you. When you walk through the fire, you will not be burned. The flames will not set you ablaze. For I am the Lord, your God, the Holy One of Israel, your Savior. I give you Egypt for your ransom, Cush and Seba in your stead. Since you are precious and honored in my sight, and because I love you, I will give people in exchange for you, nations in exchange for your life. Do not be afraid, for I am with you. I will bring your children from the east and gather you from the west. I will say to the north, give them up, and to the south, do not hold them back. Bring my sons from afar and my daughters from the ends of the earth. Everyone who is called by my name, whom I created for my glory, whom I formed and made. Lead out those who have eyes but are blind, who have ears but are deaf. All the nations gather together and the peoples assemble. Which of their gods foretold this? 
and proclaim to us the former things. Let them bring in their witnesses to prove they were right, so that others may hear and say, it is true, you are my witnesses, declares the Lord, and my servant whom I have chosen, so that you may know and believe me and understand that I am he. Before me, no God was formed, nor will there be one after me. I, even I, am the Lord, and apart from me there is no Savior. I revealed and saved and proclaimed, I, and not some foreign God among you, you are my witnesses, declares the Lord, that I am God. Yes, and from ancient days I am he. No one can deliver out of my hand. When I act, who can reverse it? God's mercy and Israel's unfaithfulness. This is what the Lord says, your Redeemer, the Holy One of Israel. For your sake, I will send to Babylon and bring down as fugitives all the Babylonians and the ships in which they took pride. I am the Lord, your Holy One, Israel's creator, your King. This is what the Lord says. He who made a way through the sea, a path through the mighty waters, who drew out the chariots and horses, the army and reinforcements, together, and they lay there, never to rise again, extinguished, snuffed out like a wick. Listen to these last two verses. Forget the former things. Do not dwell on the past. See, I am doing a new thing. Now it springs up. Do you not perceive it? I am making way in the wilderness and streams in the wasteland. Behold, I am doing a new thing. I am making if I had read chapter 42, I would talk to you about how Israel had been longing for God to speak, and they've been asking him for to function in all the ways of the kingdoms of the world. And he basically says through Isaiah in 43, stop. Listen. You don't have ears to hear or eyes to see. You're looking for me in all the ways of the world. You're missing how I'm going to act. In fact, that's why Jesus references this chapter in 43 as well. But this idea of behold. It's an idea that we would stand in awe of what God may do and be amazed. What Isaiah is referencing and speaking of here is this, this hope. That God's going to do something new among humanity that has never happened before. I cannot help but at some level that this might be for us. These words are echoes of the words of Jesus. In fact, Jesus spoke them. And so you see, we can't see and we can't hear what God is up to if we're not seeking after Jesus to hear his voice, want to see with his eyes. We talk about vision. 2020 vision doesn't mean um, like perfect vision. It just means that you see Clarity at a distance. I think in these days, many are not seen with clarity in a distance because we have bought into an echo chamber. On one side or the other, you take your pick. But we've missed that Jesus invites us to a third way of living. A way of living that looks for the truth in everything. A way of living that looks and steps back and says, okay, How do I make sure I see that person as someone Jesus died for? They are not my enemy. 
He's supposed to love our enemy, to pray for those who persecute us. In fact, when he's asked what's the greatest commandment, he's pretty simple. He says, love God with your whole heart, mind, soul, and strength, and love your neighbor as yourself. And then they're like, oh, who's my neighbor? Everyone. Every human being on the face of this earth is your neighbor, and so you're to love them. So what does love look like in that? This is what Jesus is calling us to be defined by. This is how he'll begin to do a new thing among his people. When Jesus came in and he leveraged the story that people knew from Isaiah and others, in fact, he unrolled the scroll from Isaiah and said, this is fulfilled in your hearing today. We too are called to leverage the past as a local community of faith to say, what does it look like for us to step out in faith? What does it look like for us to be the unique people of God who love others in such a way that it might actually change our community? How do we do that? See, today I'm thankful that God does a work in our hearts if we want him to. I know I'm thankful for that, and I know I need that. But it requires a humility on our end that sometimes I probably don't have. It requires a humility on your end to allow God to work in you. Are we willing to be humble enough to see where God may be at work? Are we so fixated on our perspective or our opinion that we discredit God where he's spoken already or where he's speaking now? This is the question for us, but so this is what we've been talking about. How do we bridge the gap from what is to what could be from what our own spiritual life, how we've fallen short to what God may have for us? And so we're going to show you a few slides because I know a better way to do this, right? Because people like pictures, um, most people like pictures, but here's what we, we believe. God wants to do something among our church over the next 10 years. I mean, the first year is kind of weird, so we've got nine more to go. But I will say this, I have heard from some of you, not all of you, some of you have probably regressed spiritually, but others of you have had to lean in and allow God to shape you in this year in ways that you never thought possible. But what if we went from what is to what could be? What if we began to see God's new creation, Revelation 21, a new heaven and a new earth? What if we began to see that here? Jesus comes in Matthew chapter 4. And what's he preached? The simple, single message. The kingdom of God is at hand. Do we live like it? Do we believe it? Or do you say, yeah, I know that's what the Bible says, but that's not what Jesus meant. Really? I think he did. could be. So last year, we gave these cards. We still have more available on purpose, right? Because maybe you need to think about this. Um, I got to be honest with you, this one was a little hard for some of us to do, like invite more people to church. I ooh, actually put a cap on it, so that didn't really work so well, right? Um, New Year, right? Okay, maybe like starting in June. Um, I know. I didn't know this was coming in 2020. It's now 2021. It's still coming. But you know what you can do? You can definitely express gratitude daily. You can engage more monthly, even if it's just online. You know what you can do? You can read and study scripture. You can take the reading plan we have available. Maybe last year you did the New Testament with us. Maybe this year you're gonna do the entire Bible. You can do that. Maybe. You can serve others. You can show kindness daily. You can serve with the church. You can give. You can be generous towards others. You can give faithfully to God and his work and his church. You can share. You can tell your story. This didn't stop that. We have phones that we can call people. 
Sometimes we need to put our phones down, but other times we need to use them. Probably just mix up when those appropriate times are. So what might happen if we begin to bridge the gap spiritually or we bridge the gap generationally? See, I, I see this happening both ways. I see, I see in here, old people say, oh, these young people, they don't listen to us. Today. They don't care about us. And I hear young people go, old people, they don't listen to us at all. Both are true at one level. The other side of it is, man, if I am spiritually mature, let's make sure the next generation, let's make sure we leave room for them to be heard. Or else what's going to happen? They're not going to be here. We'll hope they're in another church, but they won't be in this one. And I don't know about you, but man, I, don't, I want my kids to want this to be their home. Not just because their dad's the pastor, but because people love them and create space for them. Don't you want that for your kids and your grandkids? I don't know if you guys know this. Just not sure. Did you know that we're all going to grow older or we die? One of those two things will happen. We have very little control over that. You're getting older as I speak. Some of you are getting more gray hair or losing hair, right? I I don't know how this works. So we have a choice. We can choose to grow younger. That's a choice. We don't have a choice to grow older. That happens, but we can choose to grow younger. What if, what if our church was known in the community as a place for kids and teenagers and college students? What might happen? What? What might happen? Can you imagine the life and vitality? I mean, all of us want to be younger. I wish I was younger because I keep getting more gray hair. It's from many of you, but I keep getting more. But what if we bridge the gap in justice and kindness? This is a picture from last year. I think it was in February when we worked with Kids Food Basket. Actually, we started again in the month of March working with Kids Food Basket. Here's the problem. We can't go there right now. They don't want us. I get it. But you and I, it's no excuse for, for us not choosing to find ways to serve others. What if we begin to be people who model charitable discourse? I, so I left this slide with no edits because um, I had no idea when I wrote this last year that this would be appropriate. So I'm just going to read this line. It would model charitable discourse. Now, did you see the subtitles under this? Politics, vaccination, and social issues cause division, often the expense of the good news of Jesus. Huh, I feel kind of prophetic today. Because it's still, still true today, maybe more so. So what might happen if we begin to live differently in that way? So what might happen if you individually decide to maximize your community involvement, whether it's serving with kids here on, on a Sunday morning because, like, you know, I just can't do it during the week. I don't have time. I work. I, fine. Maybe it's not in the local church. Maybe it's in our community because, honestly, we need more people engaged in that stuff too. But always with this end goal in mind in mind, to know Jesus more and to help others to know him as well, to model love for our neighbor. That's what it looks like to model justice and kindness. I mentioned we want to go on a mission trip. We were supposed to be in Costa Rica this past summer. We didn't make it. We're not going this next summer. We're going in 2022. <laughs> Eventually, we'll go, right? Some of you are signed up. We can take more people now, though. Here's the great news. So we've been talking about projects in the midst of this, and so we've been doing some building renovations. So I just want to show you um, of our overall goal of, of about 234, or 250,000 roughly. We've raised $52,000 in the last like 14 months. It's pretty good, especially considering we're in the middle of a pandemic, especially considering 
Um, some people lost jobs or income, or some people were scared about the future and held on to their money. I mean, that's a pretty incredible thing. And so I want to say that we talked about doing it in three phases, and that information is available in the foyer, or, or if you are online, you can email me, and I'll send you that information if you just want to know what we're trying to do. But here, I thought this was important to see. Um, we raised 84% of our goal for phase one. Now, here's the even cooler part. We've been able to do almost everything on there for less than we thought was going to be the case to begin with. We will have done it for about $10,000 less than we projected last year. Now, here's how that happened. You're going to see some pictures of some of these guys. But we had um, a group of retired men who recognized that being retired doesn't mean dead. And they have been serving faithfully this last several months. And so I'm going to name some of them. I, I, want, to, I want to be clear. I want to thank Craig and Heather Clawson for coming over Christmas break and, and doing some work. But um, but they're not retired, so I want to talk about just our retired guys for a minute. But thank you to Rich Mitchell and Aaron Haichu and um, Dennis Williams and Dave DeYoung and Mike Shanahan and um, Rod Nelson. And I know I'm forgetting more right now because I was afraid I would do that. Um, but they have faithfully been serving in the middle of these days, coming in and doing stuff when no one else is here. Um, Holly jokes, she goes, I think they work more than me. You know, like they're here all the time. And we were incredibly thankful for it because we would have spent, just to give a rough ballpark, we'd have spent about between $100,000 and $200,000 in manual labor for the projects that have been done here. You know how much we spent instead? Basically this. That's incredible. Um, so there you go. Um, we noticed $10,000 for long-term missions. We're going to do short-term. I wrote long-term instead of short-term because right now it feels kind of long-term, but, but the plan is for us to take three mission trips over the next 10 years, now over the next nine years. And we still have that goal and want that to happen. Um, so here's what, this is about a year ago, a year and a half ago, because there were leaves on the trees, so a little longer than that. Um, they replaced the roof on the shed. There's some updates need to happen to that, so you can see that. There's Dennis painting. All the, you notice that first picture, all the trim was brown and, and fading and even rusting in some spots. It's all been repainted now. Um, there's kind of the work in progress. You can see that windows. There's a sanctuary um, a couple weeks ago. You'll notice a couple things I want to mention. Um, someone said, hey, the cross moved. It did. It's still the same cross. Same cross that Doug Redmond helped build. It's the same cross that those trees that built, made that cross are from this property from a long time ago. Um, and so we still are wanting to maximize that. So thanks to those who've been engaged in that project. And yes, that was a really big hole up there. Um, thanks. Um, so there's the kids hanging out in the hole upstairs, looking down, going, and, and I was scared in the corner over there going, please don't fall. I don't want to tell your parents you fell while helping us on a Sunday move some boards. This is the basement last year. Last February or March, I don't remember which one. This is what it looked like in a couple spots. Still basement. Still basement. Doesn't look good. Again. Everyone's just cleaned and been painted. Benches have been added. We'll get to the finished product here in a minute. These are the boards that you see behind you. Fill in the hole. There's the wall when it first got completed. There's the cross being hung. It wasn't just those two guys, by the way. I just want to make it clear. We're not that mean. Um, there's painting board or cutting boards. But you can see... The projects have continued to be done, but why do we do this? 
do it because we think God's for us. It's for our community. This is what we believe to be true, that God calls us to be for others. And so I'm going to talk about some of these projects that we've done this year. I'll just, just tell you what we've done. We've been able to place new siding, painted the building, kids' zone windows have been updated, outdoor signage, parking lot resurfaced, fixed the parsonage sewer. Um, the sanctuary will have been renovated within the next three or four weeks. We purchased new chairs for the sanctuary. We've renovated the basement for our preteens. And I'm going to talk about the sensory room, which is maybe the coolest thing that we've done. We know not just among our community, but in the community in which we live, that special needs kids exist. And we don't always have a space for them. And so several have invested in this, and um, this is a space that's been redesigned solely with one purpose for those children who have special sensory needs. We have a space for them. And so, uh, you know, we haven't seen much of them in these days, but it's not because we don't want to. And so we're doing everything we can so that we can really truly be a people who say we really are for our community and are creating spaces and opportunities for others. These are the basement classrooms now versus what some of them looked like previously. Um, and then this wall is up in the hallway for a simple reason. To remind us, to challenge us to think about a better future. Um, I didn't even mention today, I don't know if you know this, but but because there was a pandemic that began in March, or began really here in March, it impacted almost everyone. Uh, if it didn't impact you, it's kind of impressive. But it impacted the local church in a unique way because we were basically told and advised not to gather from, from our own denomination, from doctors I talked with, from people in our own church who work in healthcare, and so we didn't for several weeks. Here was the downside of that. Um, I couldn't find the picture for this morning, but there's a picture of our first Sunday when we did that. We used an iPad clipped to a music stand to record pretty sweet. Um, no, it was awful, right? So we had unsuspected things that we were going to pay for. We had planned in the next two years or so, we had planned to be able to be online regularly. And so we have had to spend, we've had to buy two new computers, uh, three or four new cameras, um, all this digital stuff. We, didn't, we had to get an online membership to a restream platform so we don't crash. I mean, all these things that we never thought we'd have to do, we had to do, and we had three days to try to figure it out. We didn't figure it out in three days in case you want to go back and look. But it's gotten much better, and we've had to spend between ten dollars and $15,000 for that project. That wasn't on our list. It wasn't in our budget. We didn't plan it. But it was necessary if we were going to connect with one another. And so um, a few gave some anonymous gifts and bought some stuff themselves, but we still had to spend uh, of church dollars somewhere between five dollars and $10,000 to get those projects to happen. I don't say it to say, oh, are you asking us for money? Well, always, but because we want to do more ministry. We don't just want your money. That's not what I'm saying today. What I'm saying is this. We think we're not done with what God wants to do among us, in us, and through us. We still want to create spaces for our community. We still want to do things for our community. We still want to serve it. And so I want you to know this. Um, we were able to cut expenses as much as we could. You're not doing as much. It doesn't cost as much. Makes sense, Right? We cut a ton of expenses. Um, we've been able this year not to go in the red. We're basically, I mean, uh, Kinder Treasure Tide, we're like dead even. Like I said, I'd love to tell you we raised a whole bunch more money this year. We didn't. But I will say this, we raised thousands of dollars for the projects you've seen that were earmarked specifically for that. We had someone donate a car so we could sell the car so we could do more ministry. In fact, I said, you are responsible with this car for the seating that everyone will sit in. On Sunday mornings. 
these are the projects that we think matter at the end of the day. Why? We're not renovating a space so we go, oh, we just got a really nice space. No, the goal is how can we create environments where people might come to know Jesus? How can we be a people who love others well? So this is a quote from last year, and this one I think I still want to stick with. At the end of this decade, my prayer is that our kids and grandkids say of us and of this church, it was incredible to watch the way God moved in the people of this church. It was incredible to see their generosity, their spiritual growth, their passion for Jesus and people. I want to live and love like them. I had a conversation with someone recently, and they told me, um, a young teenage girl who didn't want to be near their mom because spending too much time on social media and too much angst about what's going on in the world, too much fear, like, oh, I just don't even go home and be around her. She's always on her phone and she's always so depressed. For us to be the kind of people that this might be the sentiments of our kids, we're probably going to have to put down our phones some. Turn off the news or blogs or whatever it is you're finding your information. Or if it's been more time with Jesus because it's going to have to change our hearts. We have to worry less and trust that God really is at work in the world. And here's why. This was the passage. Last year, I I focused on this. I said, do you not perceive it? Um, I'm doing a new thing. Now it springs up. Do you not perceive it? The question I asked you last year was this. Do you not perceive it? And this year, I want to focus on a different line because I think it's more fitting it's this line of Isaiah, I am making a way in the wilderness and streams in the wasteland. This is what God does. He makes a way in the wilderness and streams in the wasteland. Right? Because you and I, if we're going to change the world, we're going to do it from the White House or the Capitol or from the state Capitol. Or we're going to do it from, from these places of power and prestige. That's not how Jesus functions. He came in. He could have been born in the palace. Instead, he's born in a manger. He didn't go to Herod's palace and tell him what to do. He didn't go to Caesar's. He didn't go to the governor's. He died on a cross. And he modeled this unique sacrificial way of love that he invites us into. It doesn't make sense, but neither does a God who can make a way in the wilderness and streams in the wasteland. What might happen? What might happen if we had eyes to see and ears to hear? What might happen if we... Recognize these words of Isaiah, where he's quoting the Lord, see, I am doing a new thing. Now it springs up. Do you not perceive it? I am making a way in the wilderness and streams in the wasteland. Here's the thing. I don't think God's done with us. I think God desires to do a radically new thing among us as a local church. And I think through that, he wants to impact this community in which we So what might happen if you and I, we leaned in on that? What might happen if we sought to be more like Jesus? What might happen if our life's desire was to love God, love our neighbor, and to help make disciples of Jesus? What just might happen? I think we might begin to truly bridge the gap. Father, 
Thank you for this opportunity to gather together for the way you desire to be near to us, for the way you speak into our hearts and our minds and our lives. And so we ask you today, help us to lean into you, to be the unique people of God you're calling us to be. Father, we, we humbly come before you and recognize how often we have fallen short. We recognize that we don't always have the right answers. We recognize that we don't know what to do. But we ask that you would help us to have eyes to see and ears to hear, that we would recognize we serve a God that can make a way in the wilderness and in the wasteland. And if you can do that, then just maybe we can have faith that you can change our hearts and change our community, that you might use us in that endeavor. So, Father, help us to bridge the gap from what is to what could be. And what is is the world in which we see right now, but what could be is your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. We pray this in your son Jesus' name.